Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is season two, season number two. I'm not sure why I'm calling it season two. Um, I'm just, I just am. <laughs> I did take a week off over the holidays and releasing podcasts, so I'm back at it now. This is the first episode, and so I'm just going to call it season number two. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, uh, you'd like to know more about me or the podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us, thethinkingchristian.us. There you'll be directed to my website. Uh, there are plenty of resources there to check out. I have some other interests. Uh, I'm backpacking some videos uh, online you can, you can check out as well. Other uh, Christian resources, feel free to browse, uh, take what you like. There's some audio files there as well on my uh, site. You're free to download those. And, of course, all of the previous podcast episodes. All of the episodes from season number one will be there, and you can listen to those. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, you can do that from my website. There's a contact form. Just go to click the Contact Me um, page and uh, contact me that way, and I'll get an email from you, and I'll be happy to respond. Okay, so it is New Year's. Uh, it is the New Year, I should say. And um, I thought, you know, what better time to talk about time? You know, the, as we turn into the New Year, as you turn your calendar from December 31st into January 1st, you, know, you kind of pause, I guess, and think about the passage of time. And, you know, time is an interesting concept. It, it, it really is. It's, it's To me, it is, anyhow. It's a fascinating concept. And I'll, I, let me begin by saying I don't even begin to understand this concept. I mean, I'm not coming to you as an expert in time. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I've read some about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm a layman when it really comes to the exploration of time and, and, and its relationship to the universe. But uh, it is a fascinating topic. And, you know, again, the new year just gives us a, a good opportunity to talk about it. And, you know, one of the questions in particular that I want to talk about is whether or not God is inside time or outside of time. You know, um, I think this topic really first came to my thinking back in the tw- when I was in my 20s or, or, or early 30s. I don't remember. It was in the late 80s, early 90s. I remember distinctly exactly how it happened. I was watching an episode or a documentary, I should say. I was watching a documentary of... Uh, World War II or was the Holocaust or something like that. And I remember vividly uh, flashing on the screen this picture of a young girl. I can see her in my mind's eye to this day. Uh, And I remember just the horror of it, of just, you know, thinking about this little girl from the 1940s and uh, what she endured. She was a, a prisoner of war, if I'm not mistaken, or at least she was in a concentration camp. And uh, I, I was, I don't know, I was just kind of overwhelmed by emotion as I as I saw this documentary and I saw this little girl. And without even thinking about it, without without really wondering what I was doing, I prayed for her. And, and as soon as I prayed for her, I kind of felt foolish because, my goodness, 40 or 50 years had passed already by the time I had seen that picture. And she most likely didn't survive, and if she did, she was probably already deceased by the time I offered that prayer. And then as I thought about that a little longer, I thought, well, wait a second. Is it possible that God could use a prayer offered in the 1990s for a little girl 
in the 1940s? Is it, is it possible? Is it possible that in the 1940s God could reach into the future 40 or 50 years later and, and, and have a prayer being offered for a little girl in the 1940s? I, I, I thought, well, I guess it's possible. I couldn't say for sure because as far as I know, the Bible doesn't tell us that we can do those kinds of things or there are no authoritative figures telling us that this is the way prayer can be offered. So, you know, in the end, I don't know, but I remember thinking, at least thinking at the time, that I guess it was possible that maybe that prayer wasn't so foolish. Maybe I could pray for somebody like that. And again, I don't know the answer to those questions. And even after today's episode, I need to tell you, I don't know the answer to the question that I'm posing, but I'm just going to walk through it because there are some problems. There are problems with thinking of God inside of time and of thinking of God outside of time. And I just want to kind of talk about that a little bit uh, today. Now, one of the figures, um, current figures, who, who has done a lot of work in this area is Dr. William Lane Craig. I've talked to him about, I've talked to him, I've talked about, talked about him. I'd love to talk to him someday. I've talked about Dr. Craig on a number of uh, previous episodes. He, I'm a fan of his. I don't agree with everything he says, but he certainly um, he knows more about uh, or he has forgotten more about time than I'll ever know about it. I mean, a brilliant uh, man, and he he's done some work on this, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of try to just tell you a little bit how I understand how he walks through this, okay? Um, and I'll, I'll keep this simple. I have to keep it simple because I don't understand it. But Dr. Craig has laid out two theories of time, and, and as he describes them, they kind of make sense to me. The first is the A theory of time. It's A and B theory, or you could say the A theory. He calls it the tensed theory. Now, let me describe what that means. You know, when we describe the world in which we live, when we describe our universe, um, we talk in ten our language has tenses. Three major tenses, of course, is past tense, present tense, and future tense. And those events that have happened in the past, we, we speak in the past tense about. Those events that will happen in the future, or have potential of occurring in the future, we talk about in the future tense. All right? And, of course, we use the present tense when we talk about the present. And, and so this way of looking of time is called the tensed theory, and that is it's really sort of our default view of time. It's how we kind of understand time to take place, the past, the present, and the future. Now, as we look at time in that way, we can make some observations, and that is the only event that, that is in reality is the present moment. All right, the present moment is real. It's happening. It's right now. But any event in the past, it no longer exists in reality. We can remember it. We can talk about it. We can feel the emotions of it. But it's gone. It's no longer here. It doesn't exist in reality uh, anymore. It's, it's, it's a concept. Uh, we can remember it. We can think about it. We can write about it. But it's gone. And any event in the future has potential to occur, but it also does not exist in reality. Next week, for example, does not exist in reality. Uh, you know, it has potential of existing, and it may well exist one day when that moment reaches us, but the past and the future, they do not exist in reality. The only thing that exists in reality is the present tense, so this present moment. 
and it's a very it's a very very dynamic moment. It's constantly changing. Each moment is replaced by the next moment, I guess you could say, and so it's a very dynamic view of time. The present is always changing, all right, and neither the past nor the future actually exist in reality. Now, before I talk about the problems related to that view of time, let me let me talk about the other view of time. Uh, you know, typically when Christians are talking about God and his relationship to time, we typically would say something like, well, God is outside of time. He's, 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 not, he's not constrained by the limits of time like we are. He is outside of time. And I think one of the reasons why we say this, not because we have that in revealed scripture, it's not like uh, the apostles or Jesus or God himself has told that to us, it's just that I think that we, we tried to ascribe to God the highest, the greatest attributes that we can think of. And so oftentimes we think, well, God must be outside of time. He, he can't be constrained by it like we are. And so we just kind of say that by default. But that has some problems, all right? And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But the this, this second view of time... Um, is is it's not a dynamic view. It's more static. And, and the way to just kind of visualize it, and this is how I can do it. Imagine that you're looking at a yardstick, okay? You have a yardstick in front of you, and the one inch is on your left, and the 36-inch mark is on your right, and all of the other marks are, you know, they're in front of you. And, and you can look at all of them. You know, you can look at the 19 mark, you can look at the 11 mark, you can look at the 35 mark, you can look at the 2 mark, you can, they're, they're all out, spread out in, in front of you. Now imagine that this is like time. Uh, and sometimes this is how people understand that God is with time, that he can look at time spread out. He can see the beginning, he can see the end, he can see the middle, he can see everything at once. He can just take a look at everything. Now, and maybe that's the way he, it is. I, I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the way time is with God. But I think that's something that we kind of visualize. Now, when we look at time like that, we don't use the past and the present and the future tense. You know, you would um, you would not say that the 8-inch mark is past the 7-inch mark. It's it's because it's not they don't relate to each other that way. We might say that the the um, the 12 inch mark is on this side of the 7 inch mark, but we don't use tenses in the same way because they're they're not laid out like that. Okay, if you can kind of just follow me there. So we would speak about time in a different way if we were to look at it laid out in front of us, or if it was laid out in, in front of God. And God can look at the whole yardstick, look at all of time in one sweeping view, and he can see, see it the way that it is. He can look at our past, he can look at our future, he can look at our present because it's static, it's laid out. Now, the problem with this, well, there's a several problems. First, the Bible doesn't tell us that that's the way it is, so we, we, you know, we would just kind of assume that that's the case, but we, we don't know that for sure. We know that God is the great I Am. He is in the present tense, but that doesn't really tell us his relationship to time. But So you know, the first problem is we don't know if that's the way that God sees time. But uh, another problem possibly is that if an evil event occurs at, let's say, the 12-inch mark, okay, using this yardstick illustration. Because it's static and because it's laid out and it is the way it is, that evil event would always exist before God. 
you know, even if it's overcome by a very good inch, uh, a good uh, event at the 18-inch mark, it's still present. It's still there, and that evil is not overcome. It it it, it almost always exists, and that kind of makes us a little uncomfortable. And perhaps it is the way it is, but we kind of want to see that maybe evil was wiped out completely, and yet if this static yardstick is in front of us and all of the marks are in place, then anything occurring will always be there. And that's just, hmm. I mean, maybe that's the way it is, but that could kind of make us a little uncomfortable. Another possible problem, and I don't know if this eliminates this theory, but it's another possible problem, is how does God interact then with any of the moments? Because if he were to reach into that yardstick and, and interact with the 15-inch mark, well, it might alter the yardstick as it is. And yet the yardstick is a static yardstick. If he were to reach into the 17-inch mark and remove something, well, then the whole character of the yardstick would be changed. All right? And, and so it doesn't really explain how God interacts with us in time because we are in time and if he's looking at it laid out in front of him how does he interact without changing it and i don't have an answer to that question i just have the question i don't i don't know the answer to that question now the first theory of time the the tensed theory of time also presents a couple of problems as well if god is in time with us then <laughs> His past doesn't exist in reality, and his future doesn't exist in reality. Only his present would exist in reality like ours. And that makes us immediately uncomfortable. Wait a second, no, we don't want to think that God's past doesn't exist in reality. And so that's why I think we put him on the outside of time. But when we put him on the outside of time, we have similar problems. And so the bottom line is, I don't know if God is in time or outside of time. And I'm no longer comfortable in saying just off the cuff, well, God is outside of time because, well, he's greater than I am and he must be on the outside. I don't know if he is. As a matter of fact, if I have to pick between the two, I kind of lean towards thinking that God is on the inside of time with us. I mean, he did leave his heavenly estate um, through Jesus Christ and enter our world to know what it's like to be us, to, to feel what it's like to be us. And so I kind of lean that direction, even though I have problems in doing that. It just, in my estimation, in my opinion, it seems more like God. It just seems more like something God would do to reach us, to, to find us. As I said previously, I don't know the answers to these questions. It, it sort of starts to boggle my mind, and it just bends my brain. I mean, I like and then I enjoy thinking about them, but in the end, they don't take me anywhere other than coming up with the conclusion that we have an awesome God. And just as Isaiah said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so his ways higher than our ways. His, his thoughts are much deeper and higher than our thoughts. You know, when we really start to meditate on this universe and all that is around us, uh, I think we're only beginning to scratch the surface of, surface of how great a God that we have. 
that's all for today. No answers. I just have questions. Questions about who God is and how great He must really be. And with that, I'm signing off from today's podcast. Hope to see you next time on The Thinking Christian.